Hello and welcome to the Average Hiker Podcast. Uh, my name is M, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about hiking alone. So it's pretty funny actually, right now our house is a little chaotic. We are babysitting a friend's dog for a couple of days while they're um, away on a conference. So <laughs> we've got three big dogs in the house and the cat and um, this this new dog is pretty scared of Lupin, honestly. Um, I think Lupin and Rocket were both scared of each other and <laughs> which caused them both to be a little mean towards each other. So we've been having to separate them. Um, but they've been doing pretty good. We're kind of still slowly trying to introduce them again and see if we can get them all being buddies by the end of the trip. Yeah, so far so good. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so I wanted to cover hiking alone because actually this week I was talking to one of my coworkers. Um, he's headed to Arizona, <clears throat> excuse me, to one of our um, office's customers this week. And he was mentioning that the last time he was in Arizona, he went for a hike in the Superstition Mountains. And when he was hiking, he got to a certain high point and stopped and looked around and, you know, thought to himself, okay, I have one bottle of water nobody knows I'm here. Maybe this is a bad idea. <laughs> um, and so for me, I've done quite a bit of hiking alone. So I kind of wanted to, to touch on that from inspiration from my coworker and his uh, little mini hiking adventure um, and delve on my own experiences as well. So uh, when I was single, I did have to, well, didn't have to, but I did enjoy a lot of solo hiking. Um, I take my dogs out to the conservation area in town here. Usually every other night, uh, we'd go for maybe a one and a half kilometer hike or three kilometer hike or something smaller, especially in the winter, just because you have limited sunlight um, options here in Northern Ontario. So um, you know, sometimes the sun goes down at like four o'clock, so you can't really be out there too, too late. Um, so after work, we would, uh, do those nice little mini hikes and it was always a really good time. Um, anytime I'm hiking alone, I like to make sure firstly to tell someone where I am. So just in case and to tell them when they should expect to hear from me. So, um, my dog, Sassy, my greyhound, she's a pretty fast walker. She's a really fast walker and she makes everybody kind of keep her pace when she's walking. Uh, <laughs> she is the boss after all. Um, so when we're on a hike, she'll kind of keep us moving and a three kilometer hike might take us 45 minutes. It's really, she's really fast. So, you know, when I'd get to the conservation area, I would send my sister or my dad a text that said like, we're doing the chickadee loop today and I'll text you by five and then usually I text them way before five o'clock but at least then they had a timeline to know like if I don't get back to them by five then something's definitely wrong so it's always a good idea to do that um, the other one you also want to make sure that you have enough supplies so you do want to have water enough for yourself enough for the dogs um, and maybe a little extra just in case uh, of course, I always take my survival kit with me too. Um, I'd rather have it and not need it. As my dad says, better looking at it than looking for it. <laughs> so that's my model with their survival kit. You know, in the event that um, I got hurt or one of my dogs got hurt or, um, you know, something we got lost, um, you need to have 
a bit of food for everybody and enough supplies to survive for at least a little bit. Um, so we always had that to be sure. Uh, you also want to be really careful and make sure you're wearing the right gear. So, you know, if it's really rainy and muddy outside, you don't want to be wearing sneakers probably, um, because you're risking slipping and twisting an ankle, which could be bad. Um, especially if you are alone, uh, you have a hard time getting out of the bush if you're by yourself with a twisted ankle. <laughs> And for me in Northern Ontario, we do have bears. Um, that, that is a concern. Um, you don't often see them, but usually you just kind of want to make, make sure that you're looking out for them. So I'll bring a bear bell with me, which is just a, a big bell. I put it on my backpack and it kind of helps to deter the bears because they hear the weird sound and they don't want to go near it. Um, sometimes I'll also talk to myself or my dogs or I'll sing <laughs> in the woods. Um, yeah, I'm that weirdo who sings by themselves while wandering around on hiking trails. <laughs> um, but at least it helps to keep the bears away. The bonus with hiking with other people is that you're going to have somebody there who you can talk to and that natural conversation is going to help to keep the bears or any other wildlife actually away. So definitely something to consider. Maybe sing. <laughs> and if you don't have anyone to text when you are going on your hike, you could always consider leaving a note or something on your car, just saying which hike you're doing and when you should be back. Um, that way if the park, uh, park staff or rangers or conservation staff anybody like that comes by and they see your abandoned car um, and they see the note and let's say it's three days later well then they're gonna know that that you're lost and they can send help so that could be a good option for you i'll be honest most of the alone hiking that i've done has been really small little trails um, i am a very extra cautious person just by nature so remy is actually cooking breakfast right now so you might hear that in the background um I was just thinking, I didn't actually start hiking alone when I was single. I actually started hiking alone as a kid too. Um, so we were lucky enough to grow up with some acreage and we were on the outskirts of town and we had uh, 72 acres, if my memory is correct. Uh, several fields, there was a pine forest, there were lots of different cool shrubs and deciduous forests as well. So we had a lot of different things that we could explore when we were kids and that was awesome. Uh, a lot of the time I would go wander around the yard by myself. I say yard but 72 acres. <laughs> so I remember being like 12 or so and just hiking around all alone um, out in the out in the field and out in the bush and it was awesome. It was super fun. Um, you know always made sure to kind of give our parents an idea of when, when we'd be coming back and I do have some pretty memorable solo hiking stories from just being in my own yard. <laughs> um, one of them is partridge, actually. So <clears throat> partridge or um, grouse, they're also called, are these birds, and they're they're very weird birds. Um, they're kind of they're kind of small. A lot of people in Canada hunt them. They're fairly easy to hunt, and they're I guess they're like little chickens or something, but more outdoorsy. <laughs> You can tell I'm not a hunter. <laughs> Anyways, um, so these partridge, people make fun of them a lot because they're they're known to be kind of dumb. Um, they don't have the best survival skills. So the one time I was walking by myself out in the yard and I almost stepped on one. It was literally a foot in front of me and it flew up 
right in front of my face. Uh, they have very good camouflage, so they blend right in with all the shrubs and scrub and things. And it just flew straight up in my face and scared the living daylights out of me. I was just terrified. My heart was racing. I did not expect this bird to come out of nowhere. <laughs> and the bird flying away from me um, hopped into a tree about five, six feet in the air. So I could literally have reached out my arm and, and grabbed it by its ankle. Um, and that is why people make fun of partridge and call them stupid. <laughs> Uh, one cool fact about partridge though is that the female partridges will actually pretend that they're injured and uh, lead people and prey predators sorry away from the nest so if you're near their nest and they see you coming they're going to pretend that they have a broken wing or a limp foot and they're going to start waddling away and then you're going to follow them because you think they're an easy meal or because you feel bad for the bird maybe um, but either way it gets you away from the nest so there you go. Though partridge seem kind of dumb, they do have some interesting qualities. Another funny story that I can think of right now is walking through the deciduous part of the property. And in Sudbury, we get uh, caterpillars, but we get really bad caterpillars. And it's not every year. Um, they kind of come in, in waves. Every couple of years, we'll get a really, really, really bad caterpillar here. And so there will be so many caterpillars and they're hanging from these little silk web kind of things. And so when you're walking through the woods, you're stepping on caterpillars because they're all over the ground and you're getting them in your hair because they're hanging from the trees. And it's just really gross. <laughs> it's really, really gross. Um, people get in car accidents because of them. They, you know, you go over the caterpillars, they all get squished and their guts make everything really slippery. So they actually can cause car accidents as well people slip and fall it's it's pretty disgusting so when we have those bad caterpillar years everyone is kind of stays inside for a week or two until it subsides a bit um i do remember one year i went out in the woods and i was hiking around and in the pine forest it was fine because all the trees like the caterpillars don't eat those trees so i had walked all up the field um for quite a little while and then i went through the pine forest and that was nice and beautiful and then walking home, I decided to walk through the deciduous forest too. But when I got in there where all the uh, aspens and birches and things, poplars were, um, there was a lot of caterpillars. And I didn't really realize until I was too far in. <laughs> so I had to source a stick and hold it up over my face. Um, and that helped a little bit, at least then that way the, um, at least that way then the caterpillars were being caught on the stick as I walked um you know when they're hanging from the webs like that and then they get in your hair and things so at least this stick was catching all the webs and keeping them on the stick um yeah it was it was definitely gross I do regret that especially being a young kid I was um pretty grossed out I think towards the end there I just held the stick in front of my face and started running because it was just so so unnerving <laughs> It's kind of like being in a horror movie a little bit. <laughs> or Fear Factor, if anyone remembers that show. Uh, if you have any way more exciting hiking alone stories, please do let me know. I'd love to hear them. Uh, you can leave a voice message on anchor.com or you can shoot me an email as well. I know this was a short episode today, partially because my house is chaotic. 
Um, but I've got a lot of cool ideas for new episodes and new guests coming up. So look forward to sharing that with you guys soon. Thanks for joining me today. And please don't forget to rate and subscribe and check us out on Instagram for tons of cool pictures of New Zealand and Arizona and my dogs. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.